שלום עליכם, שבוע טוב, מאזינים יקרים, my dear listeners at this great station, this is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC. I'm going to say a few words about the Hafrashat Hala, which we spoke of, which we read yesterday in the parasha, and then I'm going to spend also a few, uh, few minutes with to bring out a very interesting thought about the Mraglim. Now, Afrashat Halla is something that uh, is practical. It's used for the various type of cereals, those that we make for bread. And it says in the Torah, Daber el Yisrael ve'amarta alehen bebo'achem ila'aretz when you come to the land of Israel, that's when this mitzvah of halal applies, which means it's only in Israel. True. However, the hachamim made it also mandatory even outside of Israel in order that the Torah halal should not be forgotten. So the halal is not something uh, that uh, you take from any piece of dough. Will have to be a minimum approximately around uh, 1.6 kilo, which is roughly around three and a half pounds. Then you make a beracha on that. But there's something very special about this uh, mitzvah of challah, which I, I would like to bring up. Let's take something else. Let's, let's take, for example, grapes. You pick the grapes, right? Then normally what you have to do, you give teruma approximately 2% to the Kohen. Then you give Maaser. Maaser goes to the Levi. That's 10%. Go to the Levi. Fine. After that, that's it. No other tax involved. Uh, if you want to make grape juice from it, you do it. No problem. You want to make grape jam? Not a problem. You don't have to pay anything else. That's it. However, what it looks like here from the Halal is different. When you harvest, let's say, wheat or barley, first you have to give teruma, like we said with the grapes. And you have to give ma'asa. And then you have on top of that another tax, which is the halal. What does that mean? Why double taxation on, on the bread? What's the idea behind it? Well, the idea is like this. It's not really a double taxation. As you're going to see, this is really a double beracha. I'll show you why. Now, bread is the only food that the person uh, does not get sick of, even if he's eating it for 90 years. You can day in, day out, you can eat it. You still, you still, you don't get sick of it. I don't care which other food you, that you like most. Whether it's a steak, whether it's ice cream, lamb chops, whatever. If you ate it, if you eat it day in, day out, you're not gonna like it no more. But bread, being that it's a staple of life, it's important for the to, to keep life going. Akadosh Baruch Hu made it that you should like it. You know, like uh, water. We don't get sick of water, but you need water. Air. You need air. You have to have air. 
God forbid, without air. You can't, a person cannot live. A person cannot live without, without water either. And on top of that, you know, when it comes to the Goyim, in many countries nowadays, the governments actually subsidize the farmers. Not only they don't tax the wheat, they actually subsidize the farm. They give even more money in order to make the artificially cheap the price of bread and corn, what have you. And he was saying, no, you have to pay more. Give it to the Kohen. How much more? Well, not a lot. We're talking about 4% for a home and 2% for a baker, approximately. So, uh, what's the idea behind this? Well, here's what it is. The Maserot is for, for a, a particular uh, a purpose, and that is to get more wealth, to get Beracha on your wealth. Aser te aser. Aser bishvil shetit aser. You give Maaseh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will bless you, and you get more and more and more. That's what that is. The Hala, it's another Beracha. It's a Beracha for the home. The Beracha for the people themselves, for their health, for their home, for the, for the, for the, for the house itself. As it says specifically, if you look into Yechezkel 44, it says, Vereshit arisotechem Titenu la Kohen, which meaning that the hala, which is the first that you take from the dough, you give to the Kohen. Why? Lehaniyah beracha el betecha. That is going to give a beracha to your home. So that's the second beracha. See? The ma'asir is a beracha that the Kadosh Baruch Hu is giving us for our wealth. And the hala, because it's a staple of life, that's another beracha. It's not a double taxation, it's a double beracha. Actually, there's a proof for that. And that proof is in Melachim 1. If you look in Melachim 1, uh, chapter 17, the case of Eliyahu Hanavi. There was a drought. And Akadosh Baruch Hu told Eliyahu, Go to that area there, the town of Tzorfata, and you'll find a widow, and she will give you food. He was hungry. It was drought for a long time. He did, and the Navi did. He found the lady. He told the lady, can I have some water? Okay, so she went ahead to bring some water for him. He said to her, but also, I would like to have eh, like a piece of cake or something, a cookie, whatever. She said to him, look, all I have is a handful of flour and a little bit of oil. I'm going to be cooking, making some kind of a uh, uh, cookies or something for me and my son. And that's all we have. After this, they're going to die. There's nothing else. So Leonavi says to her, No, you make the cake. You bake 
do whatever they have to do. Bring it to me first. And then you don't have to worry. The oil is going to keep on increasing. The flour is going to keep on increasing until the rain starts coming down. What does that mean? The Radak, if you look into the Radak, he brings something very interesting. He said, Eliyahu Navi was a Kohen. He said, it's a Kohen. So he wanted her, this lady, he wanted her to actually give him first the halal for him. And that will bring a beracha for whatever is left over. Interesting. So the halal is something that is a mezvah that is applicable today, even outside of Israel by a rabbinical decree. But so if you do bake, let's say your own uh, your own bread before Shabbat, for example, and you have a sizable piece there, equivalent to a Omer, which is roughly roughly about three and a half pounds, then you should pick the halal and make a barakah on that. Now I would like to change course and bring out a very interesting thought about the Meraglim. In prior years, myself, probably other people, other rabbis spoke on this station regarding the Meraglim, explaining the sin, this, that. But there's something interesting I want to bring up. The Meraglim came in and they spoke bad about Eris Israel. Now, so they spoke Lashonara. Okay, Lashonara. You do not deserve death for Lashonara. We've seen, for example, Miriam, she spoke Lashonara. She was stricken with Tzarat, leprosy. Tzarat, it's a kind of a tumor. But here, it was different. They were actually sentenced to death. How come? Here is a question not just of Lashonara. This was a question of Hilul Hashem. They came in. They, not just they said, oh, they didn't say the land was bad. No, as a matter of fact, they said the land was fine. And they brought in fruits that were great, great fruit, terrific. But they said, we can't possibly conquer that land. Regardless, even if we have a shaman, I said, God forbid. They're too strong. We'll never be able to conquer them. But Hashem promised that he will, he will get them in. Right? No? The Hilul Hashem. And they incited the entire population. They started crying, everyone. Tremendous Hilul Hashem. So that's, when it comes to Hilul Hashem, even Teshuvah cannot help. No Teshuvah. Even Teshuvah, Yom Kippur, uh, Yisurin, all that is not good enough. You need Mita. You look into the Rambam, that's what he said. Ah, that's a different situation. So Akadush Baruch Hu wanted to finish them off. So he comes to Moshe Rabbeinu, he says, look, let me go ahead and smite them with some kind of a plague and I will eliminate them. And if you ask me, yeah, but 
you promised Avotenu HaKedushim. You promised them you're going to have, uh, you know, a big nation. Don't worry. I'll make you a great nation yourself. Meaning Moshe Rabbeinu. But Moshe Rabbeinu will not hear of that. Moshe Rabbeinu, the faithful leader and protector of Israel, immediately pleaded on their behalf. He said, what are going to say the other nations of the world? It would be even a bigger Hilul Hashem. This is a Hilul Hashem among the Goyim. is even worse. They're going to say you took them out of Egypt in order to slaughter them in the desert because God forbid, Hasve Shalom, you couldn't handle them. You lacked Hasve Shalom, the ability to bring the people to the land that you swore you're going to give them. That in itself is a Hilul Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu recognized that. He answered him. Salahti Kidbarecha. Okay. Yes, I forgive them as you said. In other words, it's going to be Hilul Hashem among the Goyim. Okay? I'm not going to do it. So what am I going to do? He says, Yulam Hayani. It's Ashobo who swears. Okay, he's not going to put them to death at once. But they're going to die slowly over the 40 years that come. Every year 15,000, every year 15,000 until they're finished. There's only one thing here that seems to be puzzling. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Pasuk says like this, Ve'ulam Haini, Hai'ani, Hashem is swearing. And then he says, before he says the punishment, You hear, Rapotai? And the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu will fill the land, will fill the entire world. What does this have to do with the passage here? Hashem is swearing to punish them, which he says right after this few words. But why? what, what is the purpose of these few words? Well, Rashi says a certain pshat, but there's something uh, very interesting that was uh, uh, written by uh, a great sage of the 19th century, the Netziv. Netziv wrote a, a perush, a commentary on the Chumash called Ha'amek Davar. He said, what is not said very clearly here David HaMelech says it in Tehillim, in Mizmor 106, Kuvav, Perek Kuvav. And he says, Vayisayado lahem lehapil otam bamidbar. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he swore that they, he's going to finish them in the desert. And ulhapil zaram baguim ozarotam baaratzot, and he's going. Akedush Baruch will eventually is going to spread them among the goyim, all over the lands of the goyim. So this is something that is not said in the Chumash, but it seems that uh, after Akedush Baruch swore. To punish the Bnei Israel, he says, "Okay, 
I was going to show the world my power by taking you to the promised land right now with miracles and wonders, just like he did in Mitzrayim. And I would show a great Kiddush Hashem to the world. But that Kiddush Hashem is going to be delayed now, until much later. When? When the Bnei Israel will be exiled later on. And they will be scattered among the Goyim. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will show the world by the Bnei Israel themselves, by showing the power of the Torah, by displaying the great values and good virtues taught by the Torah, the, mor the morally and ethically sound behavior that the Bnei Israel will live by. And that will be a very great Kiddush Hashem all over the world. That is what is meant by the Pasuk. Then in the future, the, the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be filling the entire earth by virtue of the Bnei Israel being around. Then their behavior would be such a model behavior. It would be a holy behavior. Then the Goim would say, ah, yes, this is a great nation. This is a chosen nation. This is the nation of God. That's what it is. You see, Rabotai, whenever the Goim will praise us, that is a tremendous Kiddush Hashem. And it's happening recently. I don't know how many of you heard of the Dalai Lama of Tibet. Tibet is a country which is within China. Uh, it's not really a country. It used to be a country. Uh, it was conquered by China in 1953. In Tibet, they have a certain sect of Buddhism. It's purely Abudazara. And the top uh, religious authority of Buddhism in the, this Tibet area is called the Dalai Lama. Something similar to the Pope for Christianity. That's how it was. The top leader. But when China conquered Tibet, they, uh, they sort of exiled hundreds of thousands of people that were there from into India, exiled them, including the Dalai Lama also himself, the head of the religion, uh, the Buddhist religion there, he also was exiled. So now it's 65 years since China conquered the place. And these people are exiled. And he's worried that they might lose their identity. So he goes on preaching and giving sermons all over. He says, let us learn from the Jews. They were exiled from their country for almost 2,000 years. But they struggled, they sacrificed, they were oppressed and persecuted. Yet, they kept their identity and eventually they reclaimed 
their land. Let us emulate them. Let us copy them. Let's learn from them. And keep our identity for as long as it takes until we reclaim our land back. This is the Goyim are praising the Bnei Israel. That is the Kiddush Hashem. And one of the great pastors or evangelists, uh, when he goes and says, yes, we have to recognize Israel is a chosen nation. Well, that's Kiddush Hashem. So, the one thing that is Dalai Lama has forgotten to say, of course, is the fact that what kept us together is really the Torah. They don't have a Torah. They don't have it. So they might lose their identity. But our Torah is so precious and it has such great values, such terrific and precious customs and laws that it really kept us together. And it made us a nation that shines above all others in kindness and generosity, morality, and good behavior. That's right. Kindness, generosity, morality, and good behavior. Ladies and gentlemen, many of us, and I say many of us, are going away for the summer. The deal, Long Branch, and uh, I'm, I'm talking about a lot. Uh, you know, uh, this reminds me of uh, the previous Brooklyn Borough president. Uh, his name was Mari, uh, Mari Markowitz. He was the Brooklyn Borough president before the present one. And a number of times he would be boasting about Brooklyn. You know, Brooklyn has this, Brooklyn has that, yeah, Brooklyn. So one time he said, you know, Brooklyn has the largest Sephardic Jewish population in the nation, but only for 10 months out of the year. 10 months. Now, you know what he meant. He meant that the other two months, they didn't deal. Long branch. Well, there are a lot of Goyim over there also. Let us show them the power of our Torah. Let us behave in a way so that they would say about us, these are great people. These are people worthy of respect. These are people whose behavior is so a model that we should learn from it. That is Kiddush Hashem. Shavua Atov to all of you, Abutai. And let me remind you that it's a great station. If you can help, that would be a tremendous thing. It's a very good cause. Uh, and if you have any simha, please contact us at SLC. Shavuot to all of you. And soon it's going to be Rosh Chodesh. Chodesh Tomi Vorach.